Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing conscious leaders who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your ability to lead and manifest your dreams in this reality. When it comes to the subject of health, there are endless side quests one can go on to create harmony in their physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. This being said, it begs the question for all of us on this collective journey of health to ask ourselves, where do we start? What I have found in my own health journey is that this is the hardest part, especially with the endless amount of info available today on the ever-expanding topic of health. For me, This is why I work with holistic health coaches who can help me go from analysis paralysis with regards to health to a state of empowerment with knowing where to put my energy to allow my health to thrive. Today's guest on the show is a master in the realm of holistic health and is someone who I admire greatly as I myself am passionate and enthralled with the subject of health as a whole. She is a holistic health coach, having been trained by prestigious organizations such as the Czech Institute is the host of the Integrate Yourself podcast, which I was recently a guest on and recommend highly, and is the author of the Finally Thriving book, which will be released on February 15th of this year, and which we will be diving into in depth within this episode. This conversation is sure to illuminate a lot for each of you and help you each navigate your way through your own personal health journeys. So with that foundation being laid, Please help me in welcoming my good friend, Allison Pelot to the show. Allison, what's up? Hey, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me on. This is, I'm so excited to be here because every time we talk, it's always an, an amazing discussion. Yes. <laughs> get into some great topics. You know, we were talking before we hit record about how we're very similar people, right? In the way we think, in our, our strengths and our challenges, right? I'm careful to say weaknesses because, you know, I don't really see anything <laughs> as a weakness, just a challenge to be overcome. But, you know, it's so amazing to be able to talk with someone like yourself who who gets it, right? Like, and by it, I mean my personal view of life, right? And, you know, once again, the strengths, the challenges, all the things that go along with it. And, you know, really where I love to start these episodes is, you know, of course, I went into a little bit of your background in the intro, but I'd love if you could bring us over some of the spark notes that allowed us or allowed you to get to where you are today. You know, what led you to write a book? What led you to get into yeah. holistic health, et cetera? Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, so it it really had a lot to do with both my father's passing back in 2020 in February 2020, and you know COVID, uh, the pandemic, the lockdown, all that stuff happening, and my business restructuring. And what that did was it gave me an opportunity to write the book because beforehand I was really hustling. You know, I was working. At gyms. So I was independent contracting with gyms and doing the fitness, uh, the holistic fitness uh, training with, with my clients. And I was seeing them in person and I was kind of running back and forth, driving to pl- from place to place. My schedule was packed. But what that didn't allow me to do was carve out time for, for other projects that I really wanted to do. Like the, um, you know, I was doing the podcast, but I really um, had always wanted to write a book and never followed through with it. And this was an opportunity for me to do it. So I took it. And, you know, when my father passed away, 
it was a great time of reflection. So it lit, it actually slowed me down before everything started slowing down, which was really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I was already starting to do that. And I just, my, you know, time kind of just really stopped and then, and then slowed down for those two weeks I was out there managing um, all of that because I had gone out there to help him with the hip replacement surgery and he ended up passing away soon after. And so, you know, I had to make the decision to, to let him go. It was, you know, because we had come to a point where that decision needed to be made. Mm. And so it just got me really thinking about, wow, like how, how, uh, volatile life is like somebody can be there one minute and not the next. And it's just so weird, you know, mm. and they just, you know, come back his stuff's like he left it, you know, it was mm-hmm. like he was still there. And it just brought me into a state of awareness where I was like, wow, like I need to slow down. You know, um, I, I feel like this is something I really need in my life right now. And to step back and, reassess my values, what I really value in life, what I really want to be doing, who I want to be around, you know, the type of people I want in my life and um, who I want to be focusing on, you know, including myself, like, where do I want to be putting my attention? Like, cause you and I were talking beforehand, we're very similar, like, uh, you know, <laughs> squirrel, hello. <Yes>. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I did, whether it's attention deficit disorder, I, you know, I don't know if it's ADHD for myself, but in a way it doesn't matter because um, it, it has served me in, in my life. And gymnastics was a way for me as, as a young adult, I mean, as a young person to focus that energy and direct it. Mm. Um, and at the same time, it's uh, a, a layering of a lot of things, you know? So again, mm. that's one thing my challenge is, deciding what's most important and offering that to my, my clients and my audience, you know, yes, because I love everything and I want to include it all. But, you know, mm. sometimes, uh, you know, as we learned in Unlifted, we have to break it down into the, the brass tacks. Is that what I was saying? I don't even yes. know. But- <laughs> you got it dead on. <laughs> like, does that sound right? Yeah. But yeah. So, it, but so, so yeah, I hope that I hope I didn't trail off onto, uh, I hope that answered your question about how I wrote the book. And so getting back, kind of getting back to that, actually, I uh, would just spend every morning after I slowed down with my dad and then came back into to Portland and everything changed. Uh, about two weeks later, everything locked down and my business changed. So I couldn't go to a gym anymore because they, they had closed. And so quickly, I transferred all my clients over to an online training system which actually allowed much more time for myself and in the morning. So I didn't have to get up as early and rush out the door, you know, drink my breakfast. Stuck in in traffic. (laughs) Stuck in traffic. Right. And um, which was really great for my body. What I'm realizing now, like, it's so nice to not have to do that. My body wasn't really loving that. Mm. And, but I was overriding it. And, and so my health in general, I have a lot more energy too. So that, that's another really great aspect of, of, of that time period. But uh, what I did with that time in the morning is I would wake up and write whatever was in my head. First thing it was, some people call it automatic writing. Uh, there's a book that really inspired me called the artist way mm. that, which I had read 
like right before my dad passed away, I was actually reading it on that trip that I went to help him with his surgery. And, and it inspired me to um, start thinking of my of my profession, of my life as more of a creative expression and, and really rekindling my, my childlike curiosity for creativity. Um, and so I was already on that, on that path. I'd already started on that path and she mentions in their morning pages. So I thought, you know, I'll just start writing everything because I had all this stuff in my head that I had learned through like almost 20 years of experience. And I'm like, I'm only sharing this and maybe a minute part of this stuff with a small, you know, like one person at a time. Like mm. I need to, I just need to, first of all, e- even if this doesn't become anything, I just need to get it out of my head, you know, and out of mm. my body, the information itself, which I think is important for people to realize is that we accumulate a lot of information over time <clears throat> that writing writing it out and getting it out of the body actually is very helpful for health Mm. from my experience, especially if you're, if you're thinking a lot, if you're a very head centered person where you're, you know, hashing out these different uh, perceptions and, and, and ways of thinking or, or because like ultimately I feel like you and I are also on the same page with, we, we like to be open to different perspectives. You know, I'm very curious about why somebody (laughs) would think the way they think I'm always open to like wanting to know more. Mm. So, so anyway, I started writing every morning, just spent first, first 15 minutes and it snowballed into an hour or more because I just couldn't stop writing. It was almost like I was channeling all this information either from somewhere else or from, from within, because it just was there, but I wasn't accessing it. Mm. And, um, it, you know, it was stories that I had lived. It was, um, I weaved it in with, uh, information that I'd learned from many of the teachers and mentors I, I worked with over the years as well, which I thought were, was really important to share with people because, um, in fitness and nutrition, generally, we only have one aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. Generally, the you, sometimes the mental is addressed and sometimes even the emotional is addressed, but rarely is the spiritual addressed and how we actually manage our energy. And um, because again, when people are going through changes in their body and in their lifestyle and in their belief systems, which all happens with fitness and nutrition, you have to also go through an energetic change in order to be make that sustainable. Mm-hmm. So this is the, you know, and all this I knew, but I just hadn't really communicated it to a large audience before. So this, these are the things that I wanted to, you know, really integrate, help people integrate within their life, because I knew this is why people are not able to find success with their fitness and this is why people do, you know, they create these New Year's resolutions every year and then they fall off the wagon mm. because they don't have a deeper connection with it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. They have no idea why they're doing it or, you know, what the purpose of it is. And, you know, something you talked to, I, I wrote some notes down, but the first thing I want to jump into is this whole idea that, you know, this is something that I've really had, you know, shatter my reality recently is that, you know, I knew a lot of stuff, but I had yet to realize it, right? 
And, mm-hmm. you know, what that difference is for me, that translation means that I knew it, aka my mind knew the concept and, you know, potentially even agreed with it, right? Such as like, you know, yeah. we are one, all of these things, right? But over the last couple of years, you know, I started to actually have the real life experience of those things. And exactly. and that's, I think, one of the things that you're speaking to there, right? Is people know, you know, they should be eating healthier. People know they should be working out and they might be able to grind their way through the knowing leading to their changes in life, but they're always going to be falling off or having a bad day and then eventually going to burn out because they've yet to realize why they're doing those things, right? Which yes. I can say, speaking for myself, like, The reason I do those things is because I know how important it is for my body, my mind, my spirit to feel happy, right? To be able to, you know, be able to pick up that happiness and be able to actually tune into that happiness on a daily basis. If I don't, you know, keep my physical body in peak health, if I don't, you know, do my morning pages and meditate and do breath work, then what I've noticed is that it's harder for me to tap into the happiness that really is always there, right? But like you were saying, when there's so much stuff going on in your head, there's so many cars in that traffic jam and you're not getting it out. You know, this is why they say, you know, I I always get these stats wrong, but you know, you have like 70,000 thoughts per day, 70 or 80% of which are negative, right? But you don't know what you don't know, right? So a lot of times the reason people are having these frustrations with health, fitness, I mean, really anything, insert subject here, right? Is because they're unaware of how much negative stuff is going on in their subconscious that they aren't aware of until they actually start writing it. And the great thing about writing too, is that I know I can speak for me and I imagine for you as well. We're very fast people, right? Like we move very fast. Our thoughts move very fast. We're just fast, fast, fast type people, you know? And for me, writing actually slows me down. It slows my thoughts down and it allows for like the silence between the notes, right? They say that music isn't the actual notes. It's the silence between the notes. And so for me, when I'm writing, I might have a thought coming in super quick and it takes me a couple seconds to write it down. And in between writing it down, I then get a download because my focus is off my thought that actually helps me work through that thought pattern, that thought form. And so for me, that's been so powerful. And so I love that you're doing the same thing. (laughs) Hello, everybody. I hope you are all enjoying the show. I wanted to stop by and fill you in on our brand new, completely free to join Facebook community called the Highly Optimized Ceremony Circle. Now, I imagine many of you are aware of the newest creation within Highly Optimized, which is the Connect with Cannabis 10-week coaching certification program. Alex and I have been having so much fun empowering coaches with the skill set of coaching with cannabis and helping them up-level their coaching practice that we wanted to create a place where anyone could join to ask questions, receive free information on how to work with cannabis and the way we teach in the program, and be able to gain clarity around how to get the best results with their clients in order to become financially independent in their coaching practice. To join, hop over to the link in our Instagram bio and send us a request. It is our intention to assist as many coaches, facilitators, and healers as possible in the important work they are doing in the world. And if you were looking to join a community of like-minded individuals just like you, who are passionate about helping their clients achieve the highest quality of life possible, the Highly Optimized Ceremony Circle is for you. I am looking forward to speaking with all of you in the group. And as always, enjoy the show. Yeah. I'm, oh my God. Yeah. I feel like I'm looking at myself right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to me. Yes. Um, yeah. It's it's amazing because, um, you know, it, and I see this so much and this is what I work with 
all my clients on in the beginning, like, okay, why are you doing this? Right. Is it, and so many times it's, people are doing it out of obligation or things they feel like they, you know, need to be doing because someone told them this is how you should be doing it. Um, as, 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 as far as the fitness and health journey goes, you know, and now more than ever, I think people, it's an important thing for you to discern between what's right for you and what's right for someone else. Yes. We're all very individual with that. And right now what's being pushed is the same thing for everybody. And I just, that's, you know, it's never like I, I started the show integrate yourself because uh, much like you started this show, which I heard in your intro, all aspects of health. There are so many different aspects of health that we can integrate in our lives but yet we only focus on a few, mm. right? There is so there are infinite ways. There, it, that's what makes your journey of health, wellness, fitness, nutrition so creative because there's so many different ways to do it. If there were one way to do nutrition, if there were one way to do fitness, we would all be doing it, but everybody's doing it differently. <laughs> exactly, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, appreciating that, wow, you know, instead of approaching it like, oh my God, you know, um, I sh- everybody should be doing the uh, intermittent fasting diet or whatever, mm. which, you know, ev- there are trends that come through and people, you know, really grab onto those. And I get it because they want to try something new and there's nothing wrong with trying something to see if mm. it works for you. I think that's great. And at the same time, learning the mature way to start uh, the mature relationship to have with your health is to start to learn what works for you. Right. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah. So this is what my book is uh, helping people with is this bringing them back to themselves taking them on a journey to have an experience with themselves to ask questions so that they can really get to the heart of what matters to them as it relates to their health. Yeah. You know, you know, cause that's, what's important. Absolutely. And you know, I'm going to use a negation here, but I don't think there's any more important subject in the world right now than what you were speaking to with your book and what you've been talking about throughout this podcast, because, you know, I'm seeing, you know, if we, if I take away all my preferences on what I feel is going on right now or anything, what I see, right? Let's imagine that cotton candy is being given out, right? And everyone's being told they need cotton candy, right? Well, yeah. at the end of the day, if someone just hears someone say, you need cotton candy and goes and does that without any conscious action or conscious intention of like, well, do I need it? Is it, what, is it what's right for me, right? Maybe it is, maybe right. it's not, right? But if they don't have the ability to be conscious in their decision-making, they are externalizing their personal power. And like the right. quote says, how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you externalize it with, say, cotton candy, you're going to externalize it with fitness. You're going to externalize it with everything in your life, your job, your spouse, your kids, your house, where you live, what you do for day-to-day activities, what kind of you know uh, friends you you know keep around you. Everything is going to become unconscious. And that's when life happens to you, not for you. And I think that's one of the biggest distinctions that, you know, I make with my clients too, is like, listen, nothing is bad or good, right? It's all in how you're doing it, why you're doing it, and whether or not it's actually working for you, right? Like within the realm of health, let's just talk about some of the wild things that people (laughs) do, right? Like, you know, urine therapy is a gigantic thing, right? That I've been learning so much about. 
And, yeah. and there's a lot of really actual good evidence out there. Now, do I do it? Not at this point in my life, right? <laughs> I haven't got there yet, but I'm open to it, right? And you talked yeah. so you know perfectly there about being open-minded. And I think that that is what people mean when they say, or what scripture means when it says, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must first enter the mind of a child. Because Yes. What is the mind of a child? It's open, right? It doesn't necessarily believe or quote unquote know anything because the degree to which you know something is the degree to which you are closed off to any idea that combats that knowing, right? So what I like to say is I know nothing. I choose to believe things that help my experience of life become more grand and great. But if right now you tell me something that I'm like, wow, that works better than the belief I have, I'm going to change that out, right? Because right. we are all processes. We aren't an outcome, right? And that's what I love about your te- what you're teaching people is you're teaching them to be excited in the journey and realize that they are a process, not an outcome. And just because they had a bad childhood, just because they haven't you know, been able to keep their fitness or health on track so far means nothing in the future, right? All that matters is now. It's like that saying, you know, the time is now. Where are we? We're here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody has <clears throat> everybody has an artist within, everybody has an athlete within. Mm-hmm. How do we integrate those two as it relates mm-hmm. to our fitness and our health, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh I think it's it's about making it more playful, honestly. Yes. You know, and and so many of us like, uh, and I I would include myself with this. We we put our attention on the external stuff so much more than we bring it into ourselves Mm. and focus on ourselves. Like how much, and this is all in my book. Like how much do you prioritize yourself? Like really ask that question. Mm. How how what how much time are you giving to yourself every day? You know, mm. are you giving it away to everybody else? Are you giving it away to social media? Are you giving it away to uh, emails or you know whatever you're doing? Um, even podcasts. Are you listening? You know, is your mind off somewhere <laughs> else? Or are you like taking the time that you need for yourself? So that you can do that other stuff, right? So mm. without losing yourself within it, right? So those yeah. are the questions I ask myself because I'm just as susceptible to that as anybody else, mm. right? But um, there are some there's some ways that you can do it, both practically, but and also like energetically, like clearing your energy is a real thing. I mean, yes. I, I it's like <laughs> it's like taking a shower, you know. Yes. Uh, an energetic shower because you're picking up on everybody's energy all the time. So it's really important to be able to know how to clear your energy on a daily basis, right? Yes. So that's an example of like, it's not like it's time for us to start owning our energy, right? Yes. Absolutely. And not just be like, oh, this just happened to me. You know, <laughs> no, you're, you're, you have ownership of the energy that you are embodying, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, it's, 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 it reminds me of the statement of people say, well, you know, I want to, you know, so-and-so did this, you know, to me or whatever, let's just use the two word, you know, so-and-so did this to me and that made me, or they made me, you know, react in this way. And it's like, no, like I realize it might sting, but take that power back. When you realize that you caused yourself to react, and that person was only drawing on something that you already felt within you, which is why it was quote unquote triggering to you, you know, that's where you start taking your personal power back. And the funny thing about it too, is that 
what, what I've come to know in, in my own spiritual training and, you know, again, getting it wrong plenty of times, you know, trial and error is that the urges may still be there. But it's not the urges that count. It's the action that counts, right? I just read a book, uh, which I highly recommend. It's amazing. And it was one of those books that I read a lot of books that I imagine you read too, like (laughs) ones that are more like, okay, I'm going to learn a lot. Like this is a little bit of a task, but I'm going to get through it. And then every once in a while, I find a book where I'm like, wow, I really enjoy listening to this, right? Like, and and this was one of those books. It was called Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Oh my God. I can't believe you just said that because that's in my book. I talk oh about God. his book in my book. There's a chapter devoted to that. It's called Peaceful Warrior. That's amazing. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. It's called The Crumbling, actually. But it's about that. It's inspired by that book. Oh, my God. That gives me the chill bumps because I, <laughs> I love that book. And, you know, yes. I was a gymnast, so I can relate to a lot of what he went through. Yes. Um, but that's an incredible. I love that story. And, I, you know, that that inspired me. Um, you know, that was part of the inspiration, a big part of that inspiration for that chapter, because, you know, that symbolizes the crumbling. The reason I also put that in there is because we had a huge crumbling on a mass Mm -hmm. scale this past couple of years, right? Mm -hmm. When the reality that you depended on that you thought was reality crumbles around you, then who are you, right? Exactly. I mean, that's a huge question. And, and so, you know, what I experienced and still, you know, am starting to, it was probably a two-year process of experiencing like a, a peeling away of identities that I had been hanging on to throughout the years. And um, I even had, um, I work with, okay, so Roseanne Grace is a good friend of mine and I work with her too. And uh, she was like, you need to start, if there's anything like physical in your house that you're hanging on to that is attached to any old identities, let it go. And I was like, I'm thinking to myself, I don't really have any trophies from gymnastics anymore. I like let all that stuff go, you know, what do I have? And so I'm cleaning out my closet and look on the bottom and there's like this box of VHS tapes of old gymnastics <laughs> meets that my dad had filmed of me like years ago, which I'll, I've, I've probably carried them from house to house as we've moved and had them probably for about 10 years and never watched, haven't watched them, you know? Mm. And uh, first of all, I don't have a VHS player anymore. And (laughs) I, I don't really, I mean, as much as I'd love to like reminisce, it's like, I don't really need those anymore. You know, I don't need anything to prove to me what I could do or who I used to be. I did that. I honor that and I can let that go. Yes. And so I I threw them away. (laughs) Hell yes. And what that did was it shifted. It shifted my external reality big time. I was so, I was actually pretty surprised at how much it shifted and everything kind of just like changed for me Um, (laughs) that I was really kind of, kind of not take out the kind of, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was soft talk. It was, t- soft talk, right? Soft talk acknowledged. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so we can get into that in a little bit yes. too. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I, my external reality started to shift in a way that was really obvious. And I hadn't maybe what wasn't, wouldn't have noticed if I hadn't have done that. And so, you know, it's like these small rituals or ceremonies in our life, I feel like can also be. Um, if you can learn how to do those things for yourself, those are really valuable because 
we are always changing. We are always shifting as people are growing. Just like with your house, with stuff in your house, it's a great symbol for how you have to clean out your spiritual closet too. And so, you know, if you are hanging on to old identities, even if you were like, you know, even like I had like this, this flute that Dr. Cliff Oliver had sold to me back when I started with the Czech Institute, beautiful walnut flute. I loved it. It was, it was great, but I wasn't using it. And it was, it was a, it symbolized someone I used to be when I started at the Czech Institute and I'm not that person anymore. And out of the blue, like he asked me if I wanted to keep the flute or if I was re- willing to let it go. And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> and so when I was in, uh, in Newport beach, in the Newport beach area in November, I met with him in San Clemente and, and we had lunch and I gave him the flute and he was so happy, you know, like sometimes just even like, you know, that, that physical symbolism of letting go who you were is, is huge. It will help you clean out your, your, your energetic energetics, because what that does is, and a lot of us are afraid of the void. I think I was one of those people Mm. It was like I got to keep filling in with stuff, but what? But it? But what that does is allow. If you take things away, it allows you to have a void that brings in new opportunities without you even trying. If that yes. makes sense. Oh, so, 100%. yeah, you're going to start attracting what you want to, you know, the new energy you want to embody, right? And so that's why you know going back to fitness and nutrition and all that. That's why people sometimes they're not successful with their journey because they're hanging on to old ways of seeing themselves, right? And that's why the mind alignment work, the uh, the energetic alignment as well is so important to bring into the physical, right? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that immediately got downloaded to me is it's very similar with regards to emotion, right? If you harbor a lot of emotion in you, right? Yes. And usually this is unconscious. It's not people saying, you know what I think I'm going to do? I think <laughs> I'm going to hold in all my emotion, right? But it happens, right? And yeah. and we can tell, right? And this will be a good symbolism for anyone listening. You can tell when you need to let some emotions out, right? Maybe you're outbursting with anger. Maybe you just feel emotionally numb. That's usually my go-to when I have yeah. <laughs> a lot of emotions in me. <laughs> and, and what do people say, uh, say? What is like the lingo around that, right? They say that, you know, you need to create some space, right? You need to, you need yes. to have some space because if you don't have any space, then it goes back to that too many cars in the traffic jam. Well, the thing is most people have, have, have not applied that, uh, that philosophy to every area of their life. It goes down from your emotions to, you know, your physical body and what identities you have for that down to the stuff that makes up quote unquote you. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the funny things I wanted to bring up too, real quick is the whole idea of, you know, energy, right. And how people are like, oh, that's bullshit. Right. And it's like, oh, Wait, so you figured out in your little tiny experience of life that something that's been talked about for over 12,000 years is complete bullshit, right? There's nothing to it, right? And it's just like, I have a really big cosmic giggle because again, that's where those knowings get you in trouble. Well, I can't see it with my eyes, so it doesn't exist. It's like, well, did you also know that the science you worship says that what you can see is only 4% of visible reality? So where's the other 96%, right? And it's just, right. so that's a really funny thing too, but- That is funny. Yeah. But you can feel energy. You can yeah. feel it. That's the thing. And that's what I think people discount. They don't, they don't acknowledge that aspect of it. And I was doing the same thing. I wasn't really, I'd be, you know, 
at the Czech Institute, we do our work in exercises. I feel a surge of energy moving through my body. What is that? Mm. Right. What is that? What, how do we define how we uniquely feel energy each on an individual level? Like we're all going to feel it differently, you mm. know? So I think that's where people get confused because they all, it, it's so unique how you experience your own energy. And then people hear how other people experience their energy and they're like, oh, that's, that's silly you know, but they're <laughs> yes. not never taught how to experience their own energy. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But you can feel energy when you walk into a room. You can, I mean, it's, you know, if you are paying it, I mean, most people can, mm. you know, so that's not really disputable, but it's like, what is that? Like you can't, it's not tangible, right? Yes. And it's also usually very subtle as well, mm -hmm. right? Like it can be yes. pretty subtle. And yeah. and so like people might feel that surge when like, you know, God forbid a parent passes away. I, I My dad passed away a few years back too. And that was my big like aha moment. So it's interesting that we share that commonality that as well. That is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> the similarities just keep stacking. But, you know, I think that, you know, we're alive, uh, allegedly, uh, 24 <laughs> hours a day, you know, seven days a week. And, you know, aside from like, you know, when we get asked out in a first date, you know, when someone oh, proposes yeah. to us, when we, you know, have a really big win in business, we can feel that energy, but yet it's almost like so fleeting in most people's lives because they're so busy that like they, yeah. it happens and they're like, well, what was that? And then they're like, I must need to drink more coffee. I must need to take all these external things Jeez. to get back there. Right. And yeah. what is it is that, you know, a lot of times their lives are way too busy, right? They've yet to integrate time into their lives to, to cultivate their personal practice. And they also have no user manual for it, right? They have no user right. manual. Nothing in school has ever taught them, at least in Western societies, that energy is even a thing, what it is other than like a scientific definition they read in a textbook. And so there is no quote unquote awareness of this in most people's lives. And so of course, they're going to be like, oh, that's silly. That's this, that's that, right? But this is where, you know, for me, like, you know, this is where plant medicines really come in huge because, you know, yeah. for a lot of people, like they've yet to tune back into the the best and most powerful uh, uh, human superpower, which is imagination, right? Oh, yeah. And so, like yeah. with cannabis and I, right? Cannabis is my imagination. You're hitting on medicine. all the topics in my book. Yes. <laughs> this is great. I love Birds it. Birds of a feather flock together, you know? It's like yeah. I'm in your head, you know? <laughs> We're in each other's heads. And, uh, and, you know, it's funny because you know, for me, when I'm able to, you know, interact with cannabis, when I might forget, right, maybe I'm having a challenging moment. And I'm like, okay, there's something up here in my mind that it, I know is running, I don't know what it is, and it doesn't really matter, right. But I want to look past it and figure out what I feel on the other side, and then try to reverse engineer to my sober state of reality when I'm not interacting with cannabis. And so for me, when I interact with cannabis, let's just use that as an example, you know, I enact imagination. And then from imagination, mm -hmm. I can then imagine new things, right? I'm not as close-minded to whatever I might be stuck in at that moment. And then from there, I have the ability in the realizations to start changing belief structures. And then the belief structures then create my experience of life. And so I think that's one of the things with regards to, you know, energy, let's just use that as an example, that plant medicines can help a lot with. They've helped for me because they can allow people to imagine something new, like, whoa, I definitely experienced something that I can't put into words, Right. So then yeah. it's like, okay, that's now possible for you, right? And then the process becomes integration, right? Which is, yes. I think, you know, one of the most important topics. And, you know, really integration is a word that's looked at. And I feel a lot of people know it, but they've yet to realize it. And we've done a really good job of covering the basis of what integration looks like. But I'd love if you could like put in your own words what you feel integration is, right? Because it, again, like, right. I think like, you know, 
keep it simple, stupid, right? Like these kind of things, like I overcomplicate a lot of things in my life. And I know that with integration, I overcomplicated it to death before I realized how simple it was. It was like, you just figure out what you want to do and then you just do it daily. You know, (laughs) it's so much more simple. So I'm curious how you would explain it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question, actually. And I'm going to let me answer that. But first, I want to acknowledge something you were talking about earlier earlier with imagination. Mm. Um, And it's funny because I was also I was just like I kind of formed this little box of safety and security for myself uh, and not imagining you know, outside that box of safety and security for so long or wasn't really taught how to do that or like, you know, I I don't know, I wasn't really putting myself out there, I suppose, um, at at that time. And I, something came to me, I don't know, I can't put my finger on what I was thinking or, or what came to me specifically, but I started thinking I need to like, be okay with like listening to crazy stuff. Like, you know, (laughs) like at that time I was like, I really am, whether it's real or not, I'm really curious about it and it sparks my imagination. So I started listening to like what we would call, I guess these days, conspiracy theory people and like alien, you know, stuff and all that. And it also crossed the threshold of like, of, um, you know, also spiritual stuff too. And, and so it was just really cool to like be able to bring my mind um, into those places of things that weren't, you know, necessarily could you couldn't really prove and defend them. You know, they're not so so tangible, but they're but they're unknown. And so I think mm-hmm. that's what we struggle with in our society, especially now with imagination even being like like it's almost becoming like a, I don't want to say a crime, but like to think outside the box, you know? And I think that's a huge mistake because um, you know, what, what really, I think it should be okay for you to think about something that might be unknown, you know? Yes. Um, Because what that does is it actually sparks creativity. It sparks innovation and in yourself and in others. And, if you can't think outside the box, if you can't use your imagination to even consider, be open to crazy stuff or what we consider crazy stuff or un, or, or hard to believe things, then, you know, I mean, think about it. Like it's going to, it's going to stifle you as a person in your, in your own growth process. And it's also going to be less fun. So, you know, I, I think that we, we really diminish. I mean, think about kids, you know, first of all, like how Mm. much imagination they have, how much play, (laughs) you know, they, they use with their imagination and you know, what's, what's wrong with that? Why can't adults do that? You know, Mm. because they're supposed to be serious. Right. (laughs) But why, you know, I mean, why can't we play too? And so we're going to obviously play in a different way, but you know, I just think that it's, it's, I'm still for people being able to think outside the box, you know, uh, think about other possibilities, can, you know, talk about the unknown, you know, hash it out with each other, bring in opinions, considerations, excitement around whatever you're thinking, like, wow, what if this could be true, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and then that, what, what I guess my point, what I was starting with here is this is how I started using my imagination muscle, which I, u- I use that term in the book 
because really we have to start flexing it. Otherwise it just diminishes. So you know, you got to start using your imagination. It might not relate to anything, you know, that is, seems relevant in your life, but in a indirect way it, it does because, mm. because what you're doing is you're, you know, I think what Albert Einstein talked about, you know, uh, about imagination being more important than intelligence, right? Absolutely. I agree with so, that. So, <laughs> I mean, we have to be able to use that part of our our brain and more right-brained, you know, to be creative. Um and and that brings the joy, that brings the excitement back into our lives and it also creates more possibility and really unlimited potential because if you can't imagine I mean, I, I, I mentioned also Paris um, Robinson in my book because I had an interview with him on my podcast earlier last year. And he inspired me because his story was like, if he couldn't, if he could not have imagined that he, that it was possible that he could have got the feeling back in his, in his upper body and his arms and his lower extremities, he would have been paralyzed for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. If he had just given up and not imagined that, right? Mm-hmm. So everything that we do starts with imagination. And think about what you imagined when you were younger and how that relates to today. Were there things that you imagined that came to fruition, right? So this is the thing, you know, it doesn't have to all be about aliens, but it could start <laughs> there. You could start yes. with some crazy stuff that's fun to think about, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, that that's that's what started my process with that. And so going back to your question about integration, you know, it's funny when the book started like coming together and towards the end of it, I started really integrating everything that I wrote in the book because some of it was just chan was channeled, right? Mm. And I was like, oh yeah, this is like you said, a concept that I totally get. But until until the the book came somewhat alive and people started reading it and and you know editing it and those kind of things. And it started becoming more real was when I actually started living it. Um, parts of it. I'd already, I'd lived some of it <laughs> for sure, but there were some deeper aspects there that I hadn't really experienced yet. And I hadn't integrated. And I realized that during that time. And so, um, yeah, like uh, there, there's a few lessons in there for myself and I got to really experience it. So I think integration is more about experiencing it, right? So it's like we can think it, we can intellectualize something, we can say, oh, this, you know, because with the computer modeling, we're doing that with that, we're, we're thinking, okay, this could be a possibility. But until we really experience it, you know, um, until we really feel it, until we let it come through, that is true integration. And then, and then you're, you know, when you do find a daily practice that works for you in, in that respect, you know, you're, you're integrating it by bring by practicing it every day. Right. And eventually it becomes, I think integrate true integration is when you don't even have to think about it. You just do it. Right. Yes. Come second so, nature. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Integrating, uh, ex- emotions and, and, and I think the higher energetic uh, lessons are more um, kind of a kind of a uh, experience. I would say, you know, 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's honestly my new favorite definition for integration is just like the direct experience of said concept, right? Like, yeah, because, yeah. you know, for me, like I get downloaded these amazing things and I'm like, yes, I totally agree with that. Right. And then I'll write it down, but then sometimes I'll forget to like actually practice it. Right. And have the direct experience of it. So it's almost like you get the answers to the test, but you still have to fill out the test and pass it in to get the good grade. You can't just get the answers and be like, oh, I know I'd get 100. Well, if you know you get 100, go do it, right? Like, yeah. I think that's the most important <laughs> thing. And, you know, what you talked about with imagination, you know, I have a funny saying that I say for my buddy, uh, my buddy, Eddie, and of course, our mutual friend, Mark England, where, you know, I believe that the reason they get along so well, they've yet to meet in person, uh, that day is going to be epic. But the reason that they get along so well and the reason why we all have an Instagram chat together, me, him, Alex, Eddie, uh, you know, Adam Chin, Rick McCoy, there's a bunch of just guys in there that we do this with. And, you know, we all fall asleep to conspiracy theories, right? Like, you know, and that's like a running joke that we have. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm famous for saying, like, I'll entertain the most wild theories. If you think that, you know, there's reptilians that are running around the world, like I want to know all about it, right? Not because I believe it, but because I'm open-minded to it. Because what I do know is once again, that I know nothing, right? Like when I think about what quote unquote, we know, right? So we know that America was founded by Christopher Columbus and we know quote unquote, that he was a good guy. It's like, well, that's been proven wrong. We knew that lobotomies were the best thing ever until they were the worst thing ever, right? We knew that asbestos was one of the most leading edge technologies, right? Until it gave you cancer, right? So we've known a lot throughout, you know, the course of human history and those knowings have got us into a lot of trouble, right? So at the end of the day, like, why would I not entertain literally everything from flat earth to reptilian theories, to aliens, to everything, because I don't know anything. So I'm going to leave myself an open palette to learn whatever, and I'll allow it to integrate into my life and whatever feels true to me. Not because I'm going to push it on to other people and say, you should believe this or you should know this. But if it helps me feel happier that I think Santa Claus is real, then why should I not feel he's real? It's like we're here for a blink of an eye, right? Like we should should get to create the experience of our lives that is the greatest and grandest in nature. That's my personal opinion on it. You know, believe whatever, (laughs) so long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100% with that. I I just, I'm just a really curious person. I just like to know. I just am curious about why people believe what they believe, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it helps me learn as well. And um, I'm not set. I mean, I know I do have values, you know, and I mm. have um, my belief systems, but they belief systems always change for mm-hmm. me as personally. And, you know, as I learn more, I mean, the belief systems I used to have when I was in my 20s are certainly not the same now. Uh, my values have changed as well. And, uh, but I think if you're living out of integrity and you're, you're completely honest with yourself, uh, you know, I, I don't think you can go wrong with that. I think love yeah. and integrity, you know, if you got those, then you're good. And, you know, I, I think also like there's some merit to some fun with that. I mean, is it's fun to talk about different realities and, mm. you know, and how that could also be possible. And um, yeah, I just, I, it's a quality that, you know, being open, I think is a quality that is very, very valuable in this day and time. And it's, it's going to help you probably with everything you do. If you, if you can be open, right. 
100% because we've seen what happens when, you know, people trust, you know, big organizations that make all their money on, you know, people's beliefs about them and all of these things, right. With from religion to healthcare to everything in between, right. You know, at the end of the day, we are the only person that knows what's best for us. And to the degree that we outsource that is the degree to which we are going to find challenges in our lives, right? Because yeah. no matter how much someone else even believes that they're doing the best thing for you, they're never going to know like you, they're never going to know you like you know you. It's, right. It's, Absolutely. <laughs> it's so true. And yeah. this came to mind also, I was going to say, uh, yeah. this is a great example. Like I, I'm not really... I've never really understood so much why people think the earth is flat, but I have listened <laughs> to a few people talk about it. I was like, huh, let me, let me see why people think this, right? Like yeah. I want to know why, why they're thinking this. And I was like, huh, that actually makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it sounds legit. That's you know, like a you have a good point. argument. Okay. You know? <laughs> well, I don't know. I still, if I don't know if I'm on board with that, but still, that's actually a, an interesting thing to think about, you know? Yeah. So again, like those extreme things, like, if people are really adamant about it and you know why it's maybe a good idea to ask them why, you know, absolutely. At least at the very least learn how to connect with each other. Then you might not agree full fully with somebody, but when, since when in history have we agreed with everybody? I I can't remember a time in my life that's ever happened. Absolutely. And you know, like we're not here to agree with everyone, right? Like, you know, I remember the man, the medicine journey I went on where it hit me And I just exploded into laughter and crying at the same time where I realized like, wow, I have been going through my whole life with the purest intention to make everyone around me happy. But yet the only person who's almost never ended up happy as a result is me. And it was like cosmic giggles because I realized like, wow, there's seven and a half billion people on this planet from here on out. I'm going to live my life in a way which gets as many people out of the way as fast as possible, not to be a dick. Right. But because like, Hey, I'm not doing myself or any of those people any good. Right. Like with me being an imposter, right. Essentially, which is what I was doing by trying to make them happy by agreeing with something that maybe they believe in. And they're like, you know, I believe this is the best thing for your health. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Awesome. Right. Instead of going, Oh, that's interesting. I'm glad that gives you relief in your life, but I choose to believe this, right? Not you're wrong, right? Not I'm right, but just right. oh, interesting. Let's, you know, agree to disagree. I wouldn't do those things because I'd be like, oh, well, what if I hurt their feelings? What if any of these things? And what I realized was like, I thought I was being a good person by doing that, but I was actually being the opposite of a good person because I was tricking them and they would spend more time with me when really they had a teacher or other person out there who would actually make them feel much better and agree with what they say and whatever, right? And it was yeah. neither bad nor good. It was just a thing that I started to realize. And once again, use that term integrate into my life in a way where now I'm like, I speak exactly what I feel on my podcasts. I talk exactly how I want to talk on my posts. I made my program the exact way with Alex that we wanted to make the program because we realized that, hey, if someone doesn't like this, great. It'll give them the fire under their ass to go find someone else. And then yeah. the people that actually are in alignment with me and you know you and Alex and all like all of our individual realities will flock to us, right? Like there's yeah. no scarcity here. There's seven and a half billion people. Like that is so many people. It's almost yeah. impossible to comprehend, right? Like why are we this trying to true. be liked by everyone? It'd be exhausting <laughs> to be liked by everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's an impossible task, right? I can yes. relate to what you're saying too, because I've done that as well. And it is, it is when you realize that it's a manipulative way to navigate life, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe mm-hmm. I was tricking myself like that, thinking that this was honoring me and it, it wasn't. And um, 
you know, what, what I had to define what integrity was like, what is integrity? You Mm. know, it's not pleasing other people. It's, it's honoring myself first, which honors everybody else that's Mm. involved in the relationship. And I learned that probably more from uh, my marriage than anything else, because when I wasn't being truthful or I was trying to protect him and, and if he would do the same, then it was, not really doing us any good and and it it just created more more confusion and animosity um and resentment and so um you know well whereas whereas you know if you if you feel like if it it makes you uncomfortable you feel conflict there you know ultimately you know you may you may hurt somebody's feelings but like but you're also honoring that person by being honest with them Mm-hmm. about your needs and about what, you know, because otherwise, if you say yes to something you don't really want to do, is that really helping that other person, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, those are the things I can relate. I just wanted to, yeah, because I, I've gone through that and I also talk about that too. And it's just, that's a big one because it's so subtle and many people don't understand because it's kind of, it's a learned it's something we've learned in our society to be accepted and belong to the group, right? Mm. This is what you do. And so that's, it really just sneaks up on you. So that's why it's so important to be able to discern between that. And, and like we learned in and lifted with Mark, catch yourself with how you're talking too, you know, and with your words, like, are you, and that's a whole nother ball of wax, but you know, those are the things that really, you kind of have, I mean, that's what gives you ownership and integration in your life is when you can become aware of those things. And that's not to say you're never going to do it again. Mm. You might, but at least you you can be aware of it. Right. And not beat yourself up about it. Be like, Oh my God, I did it again. Wow. It's a like a cosmic giggle. Like you yes. said, like the, it's a joke. It's the big joke, right? Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's like, oh, look at me taking myself so seriously again. Yeah. Right? Like, ha ha ha. And it's exactly. like, that's what I tell people, you know, because people will, you know, tell me like, oh, it's, 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 it's amazing that you catch your language like that and you change it. And I'm like, yes. And realize that I'm still catching myself because I'm not doing it quote unquote perfectly because that's not the point of it, right? right. It's just to become aware <laughs> of the things that could be disempowering you and then say yeah. like, you know, I'll say this to Axel, Alex all the time, you know, we'll be talking to meetings and, you know, we'll have a project that we're pushing out a week. And I'm like, all right, you know, maybe we'll get to that next week. Soft talking knowledge, maybe next week. Right. And then we'll have a laugh. Right. And then we'll right. be able to choose in that moment. Like, is this something we want to move from a maybe to an exact date? Or is it a project that we can actually push off until the next time we think about it? Right. And so it That's doesn't, it, it's, it's not like a, you know, to use language as an example, it's not that, but really with everything we're talking about, it's not about getting it perfect because like I said, we're process. We are a process, not an outcome. It's just about starting to become more conscious, right? And, you know, spirituality talks as this uh, as waking up, right? You know, in Way of the Peaceful Warrior, you know, Dan's whole quest is to quote unquote, find the gate and wake up, right? Yes. And then he finally does it. And, you know, the, the tale <laughs> they, they tell in it, right, of enlightenment, where this guy, uh, he's reading this old Indian uh, scripture where basically this guy, you know, he sees this old man on a hill carrying a big sack and he's like, that guy knows about enlightenment. So he goes over. And he asked the guy, he's like, he's like, tell me, what is it like being enlightened? And the guy drops the the pack off his back and stands up straight. And he's like, oh my God, I totally get it now. So what happens after enlightenment? And the guy just picks the pack back up and keeps walking. Like nothing changes. You're just, you're just, you're just a more aware now. That's it. Right. 
And I think so many of us are, are so trapped into the, I'll use myself to make it more personal. I was trapped into for a long time, like, okay, get to the end goal, right? Destination, Mm -hmm. not the journey. Right. But at the same time, realizing that like nothing really changes when you reach the destination. So if you can't find the happiness and the excitement in the journey, then you're really selling yourself the ultimate cosmic joke, right? Because you're going to end up having (laughs) fractions of moments that you feel somewhat alive, you know, coupled with, uh, intense periods of feeling not alive and that's no way to live. So as I've figured out so far, (laughs) it's not the way I choose myself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I remember being in the self on the self-help train for so long and, you know, going to the journeys of wisdom, uh, emotional intensives and emotional coaching intensives and thinking that, Oh, one day I'm going to reach this self-help nirvana and I'm not going to need to do this anymore. Like, yeah. no, it doesn't work like that. But although if, it, and I, then I thought to myself later on, I was like, if it did work like that, man, what, what else would you, it'd be kind of boring. Right. I it mean, would. if we weren't like curious anymore, if we weren't still learning about ourselves and, but what I think is what I really think is, uh, the, Enlightenment. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I got you. I <laughs> um, but when you get, I think enlightenment is just uh, bringing yourself home to yourself, right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. that's pretty much what it is. Like you're here, you're, you're at home anywhere you go. You're, you're always here, right? Yes. And it's so simple, but I think that the messages that are the most profound that we get in our life are the most simple messages, right? And that's why they're so often misconstrued because we're like, no, I have intellect. It should be more complicated than that, right? We should (laughs) all over ourselves, right? And this is exactly what I fell into. And it's funny because, you know, uh, speaking to all of my medicine experiences, right? I go in there with some like, you know, especially when I was first starting out with intentional medicine journeys, I'd go in there with like some ridiculous question, right? And, you know, I'd have this terrifying experience because, you know, the whole idea that basically my soul was telling me was like, okay, you're, you have way too many cars in that traffic jam. That's why you can't put a question that's this complex. Like it's way simpler than this. So let me help you go through a quote unquote death process. So that on the other side of that, you can be in the mind of a child and realize like, oh my God, it's literally just like, like, I remember one was, uh, you know, how do I change my belief structures and make more empowering beliefs in my life? Right. Or something ridiculous like that. And, uh, and so the, the, the download that came to me was just whatever you believe you become. And I was like, wait, it's that simple. And I was like, Oh my God, it is that simple. And that's when I started realizing like, no, it's literally just our beliefs create our experience of life. So if we don't like our experience of life, start looking at what we believe about life, about ourselves, about other people, about the world, about, you know, just everything and start figuring out like, Ooh, that one. Yeah. That one is one that makes me feel an energetic response. Right. And then from that one, start going into like, okay, Maybe why did I pick that up? Right. Oh, maybe I saw mom do it. Maybe I saw dad do it. Maybe I have no reason why. Right. And it just, right. I know it's a challenge in my life. So then I'm going to get into imagination mode, maybe through a plant medicine, maybe through down regulation, through yoga, through exercise, through taking a walk with a friend and start really reimagining myself as someone who believes either the opposite or a different version of that belief or just a different reality. Right. At the same, at the same time. And so, you know, it's, it, it's so funny to think about these things because, you know, I overcomplicated and took myself way too seriously for so long. Right. And I still fall into those patterns, but I'm quicker to notice it now and start realizing like, oh, 
there I am thinking I'm so important again, and that life is so complicated and so challenging. When at the end of the day, it's just, you know, my beliefs that are creating that structure, right? And then my experience of life is being framed through those beliefs. It's so powerful to realize these things. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I can relate to that as well. And, and, Years ago, I this stuck with me. Uh, I was in a class with J.P. Sears. I mm. believe it was like the one of the Journeys of Wisdom classes, and he might have been leading one of the one of the workshops. And um, he said something about, uh, "Well, do you really want to be taken seriously?" Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm like, "Actually, no." Like, I, and he said, "It's more about." Like he was also talking about himself and obviously now he's a comedian. So that makes sense. Right. But um, like nobody really wants to be taken seriously. I think maybe some people do, but um, I realized that I didn't, I wanted to be taken sincerely. Right. Mm. So it's like, really ask yourself, is that true? Because like we are taught these, these concepts, but we don't really know where they're coming from. We don't even know where we've come from, really. So yeah. it's kind of, it's, it's <laughs> definitely, you know, there's there's such a rabbit hole to go down with that. But at the the bare minimum, just ask, you know, yourself, like, is that true for me? Because most times it's it's not, you know, it's a story that you've picked up along the way, right? Yeah, it's a story that either consciously or unconsciously you've allowed someone else through their experience of life to upload into your experience of life. And I think that like, you know, you call them quarter life crises, midlife crises, any of these crises are really just the time in which you realize like, I am not living my own life. I don't even know who I am, right? And so then you have that dark night of the soul, which is what we collectively went through in 2020, where similar to muscle breaking down in the gym, it looks really rough and scary when it's happening. But what grows back in its place is something stronger, right? But what takes you through that process is something called faith, right? And that's, I think, where, you know, religion, if you want to call it just an overarching subject, you know, got it, quote unquote, right. Just the way they spun faith was like, yeah, you got to have faith, but make sure you still come to this building and pay us money because, you know, God loves you, but he'll hate you if you don't pay us money. And it's like, all right, that was all a (laughs) thirst trap, right? Let's just go back to the word faith, right? And so, you know, I think this is something where, you know, like you were talking about, we have, we have no idea who we are. Right. And until we start that inner quest, we really have no place to say anything or do anything from, because, you know, it's like how Socrates talked in the book, right? Like he was able to remember who and what he truly was, right. Which Mm -hmm. is enlightenment. That's, that's what I really think it is. It's realizing that you are everything. You are every single other person on the world, right? You're every plant, animal, rock, everything. You're connected to everything. And that you're infinite, right? And that you're here in this earth school, right? To have the ups and downs, right? To have the broad range of emotions, right? And we're here for a blink of an eye, right? And then we're back into what I believe is just unconditional love land, right? You know, I've had some very deep uh, 5-MeO DMT experiences where I'm like, yep, that's accurate to what I thought it would be, you know? And it's just like, everything's okay, right? Everyone's there, you know, you are everything again, right? So to be able to remember that in this lifetime while you're still alive is the waking up that I think so many of us are being driven to do now that we have a pain point high enough with the pandemic and all of these things falling away where people start realizing like, what would I really have if everything was taken away from me? Right. What does all this stuff mean? What does all of this mean? And that's why 
I feel it's so perfect that your book is coming out at this poetic time, right? Because it's exactly what people are looking for is for tools to figure out like, what do I do from here? Right. I, maybe I, maybe I don't know who I am at all. Maybe I'm starting to have some downloads. Maybe I'm just completely lost and I need some guidance. Right. And I think that's the beauty of what's going on right now is I choose to always see, you know, life as the glass is being half full, you know, uh, you know, to a fault. Sometimes I see it that way. And, you know, I choose to believe that this is all happening for us. Right. Now, do Mm -hmm. I know that? No, I just choose to believe it because the other side would suck. What do I want to walk around believing all this is happening to us and there's no purpose or point to this? It's like, that's not a reality I want to live in. It comes down to what you want to experience, honestly. I mean, if you want to experience optimism, you're going to experience that. If you're going to want to experience doom and gloom and the apocalypse, then that's what you'll experience. It's, it, I think it just really comes down to that, honestly. And from what I've learned. And so that's why I think you can choose, you know, it's up to you, right? Absolutely. How you want to do it. Absolutely. You know, it reminds me of that quote, you know, that I love so much. And it says, you know, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Right. And it's yeah, like, that's exactly. the, it's, it's the perfect summary <laughs> of what we're talking about. Right. Where it's like, yeah. you know, the degree to which you think that people, places, things, whatever make you feel a certain way is the degree to which you are a child, essentially. Right. You're, you know, this is yeah. what Paul talks a lot about, about how, you know, you'll start, there'll be a point in your life where maybe you believe in, you know, maybe you believe that, uh, you know, urine therapy is complete bullshit. Right. And then you read something that's like, well, actually this is someone else I respect that's saying it's really good. And then you have that divide, right? Where you have to grow up and realize like, well, what, what do I choose to believe? Right. What is my experience yeah. of this therapy? Right. I keep using urine therapy because it's a hilarious yeah. one to talk well, about. Well, it, it's, inter- it's interesting <laughs> that you, because maybe, maybe also there's an integrity aspect to that. Like maybe you just don't want to, don't like the taste of urine and you, that's why you don't yeah. want to do it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It works yes. great, but Hey, yeah. I don't really want to drink urine. So, you know, those are the things, those are the aspects. <laughs> like we don't always have to say, you know, make up this big story either by about why we don't want to do something. We just exactly. say, I just don't want to do it or I don't yeah. like that, you know, too. That's also valid. So, um, yeah, but I, but being open, like you said to, okay, well that works for that person. That's so awesome. I'm happy yeah. for that person that works for them. Cause that's what I say to my clients, like what works for you might not be the same that works for me. You know, yes. that's cool. That's fine. Absolutely. You know? It, that's the beauty of life, you know. Like, yeah, you know, I always say that we're all different flavors of ice cream, and no matter how much I love coffee, it doesn't mean I don't want to try strawberry one day, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I love trying on other people's lives for size, right? And being like, wow, this is really cool. Like, you know, that's what I think partnership is so great for, and really friendship of any sort, right? Is that you get to join up with a different expression of you, essentially, right? Mirrored back to you. And then you get to try out their version of life. Like maybe they're a rock climber and you've never tried rock climbing and maybe you're scared of it. Right. But if you choose to be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to try it. You might find something you love or you might find something and you're like, hey, that's a big nope for me. Right. I tried it and yeah. I don't want to try it again. Right. And so, exactly. you know, I think it's so important to just keep an open mind and be able to, you know, with that open mind, find things that sound curious to you and then integrate them into your life. I think that's really like the basis of what we've been talking about this entire episode. And it's, you know, it's so powerful because again, it's simple, right? And whenever I yes. think simply, I'm like, oh, I'm on to something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, com- I, I complexity sells. So, you know, yes. it's the simple stuff that people really benefit from most, in my opinion, you know, yes. and um, we, we all do. And it's, we don't need to make it so complicated. Um, but that's what is like you and I talked about earlier is, 
coming back home to yourself, like having a practice where you can do that, where you have the tools to bring you back to yourself because you're going to veer off. That's going to still happen. But do you have the skills? Do you have the tools to check back in with you to see where you are, you know, and and I think that's what's going to be most important moving forward is that integrating those things because, you know, um, you're going to be feeling very lost and confused if you I feel like if there's that if you don't have something like that in place for yourself something yes. that can ground you right now right absolutely you know yeah. i think like the the term i use for this is anchors right like what are your yeah. anchors right what are the things that can ground you when you're feeling like in analysis paralysis or you're feeling like you got shook up you had a challenging day you were sitting next to someone at work you didn't like any of these things yeah. what can you find to ground yourself with right and i yeah. think that's what's so important about what you talk about in the book is you know, really you're giving people a framework for many different types of anchors from core values, you know, to imagination, to all of these things that can allow someone, no matter what happened, you know, to them, quote unquote, throughout the day that they can return to and be able to downregulate and come back home into themselves. And yeah. that's the most important thing. And, you know, this has been so much fun getting to riff with you, getting to go on pure vacation vibration with you and talk about all my favorite <laughs> subjects. And I want to make sure I give you an opportunity to drop where people can find you, uh, you know, what services maybe you're offering. I know I already said the book comes out February 15th, but if you can tell people where they might be able to find it on February 15th, any of that and all other info that you feel is pertinent. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. This has been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much. I've had yes. so much fun. Oh, yeah. um, you can find my book. It, it, it's launching February 15th and you can, you can find it on Amazon. And uh, if everybody who buys my book would as well leave a review, that would be amazing too. That'd be a gift. Mm. Um, and I, I'm working on an online program that goes with the book and it's going to have some coaching, some group coaching uh, with with me on it, as well as some guest speaker. Well, some bonus stuff. I won't say what it is, but I just <laughs> it's did. It's a secret. <laughs> but I know. Whoops. Um, but yeah, so it's just some special thing. I just want to add like some special little gifts within it, but it's going to be a, a, a very amazing experience. It's going to be really integrating what I talk about in the book and bringing you back home to yourself and helping yeah. you build a daily practice that will do that, like giving you the skills and the tools to bring you back home to yourself. And you can do that every day. And, um, you know, it, it's going, it's just, I think it, it, it you know, health and, and wellness can be a playful journey for each person. And I'm showing everybody how they can do that for themselves. And it's really fun and exciting for me to witness that. So I'm excited uh. for the book to come out. I love that. Yeah, that. <laughs> That's amazing. And Allison, yeah. I have one last question for you. Sure. And that question is this. If someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their lives, what would Allison Prello suggest that change be? I would say check in with your breathing. Mm. That would be the biggest game, the biggest change. Because what that does is it it brings your <clears throat> it brings you out of a fight or flight mode. Then you can, you know, downregulate your nervous system. And then that gives you an opportunity to change everything else, right? Your beliefs, yes. your perception, and then, you know, try to work the food in. But so many people come into nutrition and fitness on that like fight or flight mode, sympathetic nervous system way of doing it. 
but they're not learning how to downregulate themselves. So they're all, they're depleting themselves They're running themselves into the ground. This is why so many people drop off in January. And um, because we just don't learn how to, to breathe really, it all starts with breath, right? That's the breath of life. (laughs) So, (laughs) and then even going so far as to say like, can you breathe? Right. Cause mm, like some people yes. have restrictions that they're having to push through. Like they're trying to breathe through a straw. That was me <laughs> at one point. Same. Like, well, let's check in with that. Right. Yeah. So, cause you know, trauma things in life happen and you breathe differently. So I think just checking the breath, checking in with the breath can give you so much information about where you're at, where you're starting. I'd say start there. Yes. I love that starting advice. You know, it's great to have an on switch, but it's also better to have an on and off switch. And breath is the quickest way to get yourself there. And so I think that's extremely sound advice. And okay, guys. Yeah. And when I first heard Allison, when I heard about her on the Living 4D podcast with Paul Check, and then was immediately intrigued to learn more after hearing her. As fate would have it, she also happened to know quite a few of my friends out in Oregon. And with synchronicity being the language of the universe, It was ever fitting when they mentioned they were hanging out with her, and I realized she was the same person I had heard back on Paul's show. Since meeting her, her and I have had the opportunity to have some incredible conversations and get to know one another on a deeper level. And when I say that she is an absolute juggernaut in the space of holistic health and wellness, I mean it. For anyone listening who is looking for the opportunity to find an experienced guide to assist them in their journey of health, please do yourself a favor in reaching out to Allison to begin that journey today. In addition, for anyone who is curious about diving into a personal journey and how to integrate the many facets that make up our lives in the present day, make sure you hop on the opportunity to purchase her book when it comes out. Her book is one of the fastest tracks I have come across to allow anyone, regardless of age or gender, to empower themselves with the knowledge of how to take charge of their lives and create the quality of life they know they deserve. Allison, thank you so much once again for sharing your time with us today on the show and for being a force to be reckoned with within the hazy world of health these days on how to keep the subject of health simple, effective, and most importantly, fun. And until next time, my friend, journey well, be well. Much love over to you. Namaste. Thank you, Ryan. And I want to just quickly say, I Please. don't know if I mentioned my book name. It's called Finally Thriving. Did I? Yes. I don't know. I can't remember with everything we talked about. And finallythrivingbook.com is the website and pureenergypdx.com is my other website that they can find it there too. Thank you, Hell Ryan. Yeah. I, this was awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Allison. <laughs> What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are 
and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a Z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever. <laughs>